So I got asked to sort of lead the presentation. And it was board, board table, boardroom table, with him and half a dozen of the other senior people in his team. And I, I was quite uncomfortable about aspects of the work we were doing because we were being asked to do more than I thought we were cut out to deliver. And the meeting was an hour, and so the first half hour was fine. The second half an hour, we were about five minutes into that second half hour of talking about this. And um, after five minutes, he just shut, he shut his book. So he said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Um, I'm going to leave. I'm going to come back in a week's time, and we're going to rerun this meeting. I'm going to ask you to tell me something then that I don't know already. Thank you for coming, first of all. Pleasure. And it's a pleasure to see you in person, <laughs> a real person. Um, question number one was to pick an object, because I often do this when I'm um, working with people online, uh, on your desk or nearby mm -hmm. that said something about you. Mm -hmm. Have you got that, even yep. though we're in person? Yep. Oh, good. Tell me. So, funnily enough, in these strange lockdown times, I selected my pair of headphones that I normally use. Um not because I particularly like using them, but because they're reliable. They, a hundred times out of a hundred, do what they say they're going to do. When I turn them on, they come on. When I turn the sound up, the sound turns up. So they're reliable, but they're not overly flashy about it either. They're quite low key. You can't see them on video, on audio, but they're black, they're matte. They've not got bling all over them. They've not got the maker's name in them. They're just a bit discreet. And I quite like that. So I'm, that's I'm, what I'm nodding because I'm thinking I'm already hearing the kind of pen, we do what we <laughs> say on the tin pitch in that. Right. So that's a, I mean, it's a really good object. Reliable, we say what we're going to do, mm -hmm. and we're not overly mm. flashy. Mm. So um, as you know, this is a podcast about communication, the spoken word, presentation, and where we go with that and the conversations we have with that are brilliant. So my next question, um, I love this question, is your favourite failure. So when I talk about favourite failures, it's, it's failures that have happened that have led on to um, insight, revelation, growing. And I'm thinking around the, work, the, the the scene of communication presentation. Mm -hmm. So yeah, your, sure. your favorite failure in that area. I remember this is probably about 10 years ago. Um, so I was reasonably competent at what I did, but I wasn't not even still now the finished article, but I had a lot of learning to do 10 years ago. And I was working with a client and the CEO, who wasn't directly... Um, sponsoring the work called for a meeting with me and my team who were who were doing this work and I was just a member of a team I wasn't leading the team but um so I got asked to sort of lead the presentation and it was board board level board table boardroom table with him and half a dozen of the other senior people in his team most of whom I knew but some of whom I didn't and I I was quite uncomfortable about aspects of the work we were doing because we were being asked to do more than I thought we were cut out to deliver. Hmm. So there were some parts of the brief which I thought, yeah, we're absolutely experts in this area. We can we can um, deliver value here. These other things that they've asked us, I'm not quite so sure. And he wanted an update on everything. 
So half of the presentation I was absolutely comfortable on, the second half less so. Um, and the meeting was an hour, and the, so the first half hour was fine. The second half an hour, we were about five minutes into that second half hour of talking about this subject matter that we were slightly uh, shakier around. And um, after five minutes, he just he shut his book. And of course, as, some, as soon as somebody does that, yeah. the room falls silent, right? So he said, um, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Um, I'm going to leave. I can feel the fear already. And um, I'm going to come back in a week's time, and we're going to rerun this meeting. I'm going to ask you to tell me something then that I don't know already. Wow. And he was he was a big, quite, you know, he had a reputation, this mm. guy, so I'm sure he'd done it. That was a well-practiced. Mm. Um, I was going to say, you know, on that model of critical parent, yeah. I don't know, but, but, yeah. but that's the ultimate yeah. scary patriarch. So, um, so yeah, ten years on, I, I remember that quite clearly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you may be about to get to that. Why is that a favourite failure? Uh, probably because it was the most hard hitting um, in terms of the words he used and the discomfort I already felt going into that scenario, and my fears were confirmed. Um, so, you're probably going to ask me next, how do I? How do I react to that, or how do I prevent that happening again? Let's come on. Yeah, I mean, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, because it's in those times that we have revelations, or learn, or take things. So that's my question: is right. so, 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 what was the lesson? So the lesson that this was this was not the firm I work for now. Um, so when we set the firm that I work for now up, one of the mantras that we set ourselves was: we don't. We, we, we only pitch for work that we are absolutely sure we can do a first-class job on. Mm. So if we're painters and decorators, we don't also pitch to do the plumbing mm. Um, mm. because we're going to fail. We're going to get caught up. We're going to get caught short, yeah? Mm. Uh, and that's what happened on this instance. And I'm sure Brilliant. there are other slightly less memorable mm. occasions where that's happened to some of my colleagues, um, but that's that's what we say we're now about. So we learnt, I learned a lot off that. Yeah. Um, both in terms of preparing for a meeting, making sure that you get your points across correctly, make sure you can try and divert the conversation to the way you want it to go rather than the way somebody else wants it to go. But ultimately, you know, make sure you're on solid ground when you're talking rather than... So in a sense, it's a founding principle hmm. of your firm. I'm, I'm suddenly looking at your headphones again. <laughs> Does what it says. Hmm. Yeah. Not... not Doesn't not try to be something it's not... Um, I think there are our the industry I work in is littered with case studies of um, unhappy clients, substandard delivery, um, missetting of expectation, and I don't want or like to be part of that. Mm. So let's mm. let's try and distance ourselves mm. from that mm. um, where mm. we can. Mm. Uh, and, and just as a uh, uh, epilogue for that story. Did you go back a week later? Yes, we and did. Sorted. Yes, we did. I I actually have relatively little memory of that second meeting, <laughs> so that would suggest it went it went much better. Mm. We certainly didn't get Frog March out of the room like we did in the first one. He um, didn't fold his book. He didn't shut his book, um, and we, we ran the course of the full hour. I think. Mm. So uh, yes, mm. <laughs> good. Yeah. And those were the days when we actually were in the room with someone. And you could see them shutting their book. And that's mm. part of part of what's mm. always going on in any mm. meeting isn't it mm. is what 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 we're picking mm -hmm. up the below the content yeah. yeah yeah lovely thank you um 
What do you do to create the right, whatever that might be, the right atmosphere between you and an audience? And that could be an audience of 100 or it could be an audience of 10 people around a boardroom. But what do you what do you consciously um, do to get the right atmosphere? And what might that atmosphere be? I think it helps helps knowing who the audience are and knowing that sounds flippant knowing knowing what they there what they are there for and what they think they are there for so are they in listening mode are they in are they coming to contribute are they coming to have a debate have an argument um, it helps knowing that or are you just are you there to just talk to people um or have an open discussion with people so i think that helps um i think Knowing some of the key personalities of the room also helps. So we'll probably come on to lockdown and how that's more difficult mm. uh, in due course. Mm. Um, but I think in terms of breaking the ice, which it's so uh, describe it. Pick a real event, and it could be it could be yeah. a, an online event that's more current now, or a previous event that comes to mind where you go, that's where I'm consciously doing something to create an atmosphere that is to yeah. my benefit. Yeah, well, let's say I remember another boardroom session. This was with an actual board who I hadn't met. I was being brought in as a sort of independent witness for something. And as soon as I walked, so I was, you know, fully prepared, right, this is a boardroom session. It's minuted. It's for regulatory purposes. Da, 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 da. Uh, right, it's going to be it's going to be quite serious, right? There's no mucking about here. So suited and booted, in I walk. They're all there in not quite t-shirts and shorts, but not far off. Very relaxed, very jovial. Lots of banter going on. I'm thinking, oh, I've, I've sort of misread this. But how can I quickly sort of rescue this rather than you know, here's the kid in his suit. Um, so I just told a story at the start. Mm-hmm. Nothing to do with what the subject matter of the meeting was just Brilliant. a bit like your question, how did you get here today sort mm. of thing, yeah? mm. um, to try and lighten the mood a little bit and mm. make the apparent distance between mm. me and them a little bit shorter. Mm. So, Because at the end of the day, there's a human interaction here. It's human being to human being, and mm. it's easy to, certainly at the moment, to forget about that. Mm. Um, I try and create some sort of a human relationship mm. with these people, mm. whether I know them or not. If, if you know them, it's much easier, mm. of course, but if you don't. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed and endorsed the telling of the story. And, and yeah, I think it was before we started recording and, we, and you told the story, the physical shift that happens to us when we go, okay, we're in good hands. Someone's, mm-hmm. someone's telling us a right. story. I can I can, breathe now. I can, yeah, yeah, I can breathe. Yeah. Thank you. Um, professional... Persona, personal persona. How do you weigh those two? Separate those two? You know, how do you? How conscious are you of where they meld, where they don't? How do you find the balance in that? I used to struggle with that quite a lot, and um, I used to, I'm sure, have much more of a uh, difference between me at home and me at work. I think from speaking to people who I've known for a long time, that's less obvious now. So I'm mm. uh, more equal, if you like, across those two. And I think that I've, I've thought about this a little bit. I, th- I think that's probably just because I'm a bit more um, 
genuine, if you like. I'm not trying to be somebody I'm not. A bit more, I use a good word around this, um, beginning with a... Authentic. Authentic. Yeah. Um, I'm just a bit more authentic now, I think. Yeah. You know, I'm nothing really to prove. Mm. I, I'm enjoying work, life. I enjoy my life at home. I, I don't sort of worry about bringing work home with me very much, and I try and keep the two different but can you can you describe the struggle because that would be interesting yeah, and useful I, can you describe how it showed up i think it showed up certainly okay. by um bringing work related pressures home and it's difficult not to do that on occasion but really using the home unit if you like to release some of those <laughs> Mm. some of those tensions some of those pressures was is not helpful mm. was not helpful um so that was working the other way in that in that professional came home to personal life and how about the other way of like how what you were talking now about being more authentic how did you struggle to show personal tim in a professional environment i, I, I don't think i did i think it was it was quite a private it was, it was quite a deliberate difference at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, here's me as an individual, um, but this is my, this mm-hmm. is me with a suit on going to work, and this mm-hmm. is me at home. And the two, mm-hmm. frankly, didn't mix a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, we do, as you know, Noah at Penn, we do a lot of sort of family type events mm-hmm. where, you know, you're encouraged to mm-hmm. um, bring your family to some things mm-hmm. and share and mm-hmm. be part of a bigger family unit mm. um so we we're quite encouraging of that and i think that helps sort of smooth mm. off rough edges if you like between mm. um mm. the difference between personal and uh, work related mm. um i think it's so so multi-layered that so i mean I, I i also relate to it in that i definitely can look at times where i wanted to be seen as what somebody who does my job ought to look like <laughs> rather than actually the reality. Um, but I'm also conscious, and this came out in some trainings I did, of also there were times where people want to see you in the role that you've got. You know, people... You've, you've got to be quite considered about what of yourself you are wanting to show because they also want to see... Noah, the professional Absolutely. advisor, and that's what I pay for. And I don't want to hear about you know Noah's crap right um, at home. Right, but equally they might. So I'm 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 just I'm always curious with this. I don't I don't I haven't you know. I think there's a, I think it's a place for both. Um, so one of my clients at the moment, who I've known now, we've been working closely together for nigh on three years. Um, you know, we're both on Strava, for example. So he knows when I go for a ride. I know when he goes for a run. I know what his kids look like. Uh, he knows what my house looks like. You know, it's nice. And you don't, yeah. you know, there's, you're not trying to be somebody you're not there. And I think, I think you made a good point just then. Back in, back 10 years ago, maybe I was still quite aspirational in terms of, right, come on, I'm on a career path here. Da, 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 da. I'm past that yeah. now. I, I can be a bit more relaxed and a bit more authentic, mm. as you say. Mm. Um, mm. Mm. Good, thank you. Okay, um, right. As you said, we're going to get to the remote working right change. Mm-hmm. Um, and first of all, I want you to describe to me what's the high point of remote working for you when you when you 
think of that. In terms of communication specifically, I mean, I know, you know, in many ways the high point might be that you can go and pick your apples and make <laughs> apple juice. Um, um, but but what's the high point? And equally, what's the low point? High point, I think, certainly in my experience to date, it's easier to get hold of people. It's easier to have a an ad hoc conversation rather than, uh, I'd really like some time in so-and-so's diary. Well, I'm sorry, uh, she's busy for the next fortnight. Can we go with two weeks on? Well, it's not really. I'll just pick up the phone now or just try them on Zoom, right? Mm. And mm. six times, seven times out of ten, they'll pick up. Mm. So you can Do have- you Zoom direct without queuing it up? Do you just go, I'm just going to Zoom them? Uh, or I'll put something in. Sorry, I, I will put something in their diary saying, how about a chat next week? And yeah. nine times out of ten, they'll accept. Yes, yeah. and then we talk. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then colleagues, sorry, that's clients. And then colleague side, you can't, you know, we're all on the mm. same system. So you can just literally dial them in and mm. you, you know where they're going to be. They're going to be at home, right? Mm. <laughs> Looking at a laptop. Mm. So um, so that mm. works well. I hear that so much. Yeah. Accessibility of key stakeholders both within right. your organization uh, and, and others and that helps one that helps a communication style because it can appear less um staged if you like you can be a bit more personable with somebody you can look here here's my living room or here's my kitchen or here's my study wherever you happen to work um and you're there in a shirt or a t-shirt or whatever mm-hmm. you know it's just it's just uh, removes, I think, some of the barriers yeah. a little bit. Okay, yeah. there's, a, there's an obvious barrier that's been introduced, yeah. but it can remove some of the yeah. other ones. Yeah. So I, I found that quite helpful, um, just in terms of developing a slightly different relationship with people, and also most of the ones, certainly client side, are one to one. So you're not you're not at, you're not round a big boardroom table, for example. Um, they're not in an office, and they've got lots of other distractions, or their phones ringing, or something. You, you've most of it's one to one. And because you can see that person, you know when then yeah, brilliant distracted or doing something else. And mm. you, you, I just find the the mm. quality of that interaction can be strangely, though mm. it may seem mm. uh, a bit higher. Yeah, yeah. Low point. Um, it's it's more difficult with people you don't know. Yeah. So I now have several clients who I've never met, and that's that's difficult because you can't do the body language you can't mm. or it's much more difficult to do the body language much more difficult to really do a have a creative what i call a 3d relationship with somebody mm. Mm. um electronically um and whilst you can get whilst you get a sense of mm. what they're like as an individual you've not had lunch together with mm. them you've not gone for a coffee together you've not you've not shot the breeze with them mm. bumped into them in the corridor da, 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 da. Um, so that, that, and do you think that shows up in what can happen as a result of that relationship? I mean, that, that's loaded from my side in that I've definitely had a new client relationship which actually hasn't taken root in the same way as current mm-hmm. client relationships where I've met people in that there's a lot of talk, but we're yet to really right. get down to it. And yep. I'm, I'm wondering if that's partly that we haven't sort of got that trust. Uh, I think there's, I think there's a lot in that. Yes, uh, I think, yeah, you can sort of it becomes a more business type relate. It's more business like because you've not that met that person. Maybe, maybe that's appropriate. It's more right. We're going to do this next. Then we're going to do that. Then we're going to do that. It's, it, it's at that level rather than 
um, a richer conversation mm. around where else help could be needed. It's mm. more formulate transactional, transactional is probably a better word. Yeah. Um, I'm finding that. Plus, things take longer. Yeah. Um, you know, agreements take longer to reach. Um, if somebody else needs to be brought into the conversation, that's a bit more difficult now. Um, so, yeah, thing, things are just a bit more extended time-wise. Um, and you know, I've, I've started a great ex- case example. I've started with a new client about three weeks ago. I made a point of going to see them last week face-to-face, mm. um, which was difficult for me, but it, it, I thought it worth doing. It needed. Because I don't know mm. either of them, mm. right? So let's let's at least try and create a bit of a relationship so you know what I look like. I know what you look like. Yeah. We know a little bit about how we're made up. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're likely to develop a bigger bond of trust if we can do that in our communication or we're better as a result. So... Isn't that interesting? So uh, good move, I think. I think that I, I, I'm hoping that will stand us in better stead than yeah, just a purely yeah. virtual yeah. relationship. I'm really interested because I know you're right, and I'm sure you're right, and I'm just really interested in what it is that physically being in front of somebody allows, just in terms of a very deep rooted gut feel of okay, that's Tim, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like him. Well, we had, we had a, we had a, we, yeah, we made a point of it. We had a whole day together in their offices, and basically it was just the three of us in this mm. office all day. So we got plenty of time mm. to tell stories, shoot the breeze, mm. say what we were doing at the weekend, all that sort of stuff. And I think that's hugely value adding. Mm. Um, you know, in my game, as you know, there's a there's a there's a threat that comes with bringing in somebody from outside to coach, mentor, help, assist, direct, whatever you want to call it. Um, and they could have easily taken that point of view. I thought it was worth this day together to help um, persuade them otherwise, mm. if you like, or help mm. mitigate that risk a little. Mm. Right? He's a human being. He yeah. seems nice enough. Yeah. <laughs> He's here to help us, yeah. not not as a threat. Um, yeah. 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 Good. Thank you. Um, we're, we're coming towards the end, and um, I now want you to... Uh, rewind your own clock back to you, age 21. <laughs> the only difference is you're age 21 today. So you're looking at yourself as a 21-year-old today. In terms of impact, presentation, communication, give yourself some advice. What are you going to tell young Tim? Um, I do quite a lot of this with our younger folk anyway so you know when they come on board um i often say to them just observe um and i would have said that to myself however many years ago watch there are plenty of examples out there of good and bad ways of doing things whether it's communicator or anything else for that matter um just watch what other people do, how other people approach it, and learn off that. Learn what to do and what not to do. And take the bits of that that you that are authentic to you. Don't try and be somebody you're not and just pinch them or mm. tweak them. Mm. But learn equally off off bad examples and um, so that they're not all your experiences. <laughs> you can learn off somebody else's bad experiences to make sure that you don't have those yourself. Mm. Um and I, I say that to our newer team members when they come on board because 
I want them to learn, but I also want them not to pretend as though they know it all when they and they don't. Mm. Make sure that they um, take time to um, observe, watch, listen, um, the way things work. Because mm. um, lots of conversation, of course, is about listening rather mm. than talking. Mm. <laughs> mm. It is. Um, uh, so if you're not prepared to do that, you're going to miss stuff. Mm. Yeah. Um, when did you learn that? When did you work out to listen more? I remember quite a famous meeting. It was a sales meeting um, a good long time ago now. And two of us went. Two of them, two of us from my, my, our side went, me and one other. And we were talking to this client. And um, there were two of them as well. And we sort of got through most of the meeting. And we were just sort of sort of talking about some other stuff towards the end of the meeting. And I was distracted because I had something else to do straight away afterwards. So I wasn't, my listening mode had sort of shut down a little bit. Um, but the other guy who was with me, my colleague, picked up on a couple of other things that they said, sort of read between the lines of some of the other things they were saying, which I'd completely missed. Mm. And that, that I remember that very well because if he hadn't been there or he hadn't picked it up as well, we'd have just missed mm. leads, potential mm. leads, right? Mm. Okay, it's a trivial example, mm. but mm. Um, the need to listen mm. and just be tuned in, I think, mm. all the time is is hugely important. Yeah, I mean, I mean, interesting. This is a mode of communication of doing a podcast is a an example of that because I've got my questions. And I'm like, okay, um, when have you finished for my next question? Or I can really tune in and just sort of see. And in, in fact, by the way, that's what's quite nice being in person is that you, it, it, there's so much, there is so much to tune into always. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why I wanted to come here and do it face to face rather than yeah. do it with you online. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brilliant. You've been good to your word. And again, I'm just glancing at your headphones. <laughs> does what it says 100% no promising of what was the the, the, the other thing you liked bling. about them no bling <laughs> does what it says um, so thank you I'm all questioned out thank you <laughs> <laughs>